Welcome to Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Guy Cipriano. Today is the third edition of our Tartan Talk series where we chat with a American Society of Golf Course Architects member. For this edition, we're at Swickley Heights Golf Club in Swickley, Pennsylvania, speaking with Jim Cervone, who's performing a greens renovation here at Swickley Heights. And Jim's going to talk to us about some of the work he's doing here in Western Pennsylvania and also greens renovations in general. Jim, thanks for uh, hosting us today. My pleasure, Guy. I'm happy to be here. Happy to talk to you. This is quite an undertaking at Swickley Heights. For people that don't know about it or haven't heard about it, just explain some of the work you're doing here. Well, basically, it's a greens renovation of 14 existing greens that we are coring out, putting in new drainage, and then resodding to the original Poanya uh, surfaces that they have out here. Uh, they had four other greens that were rebuilt four or five years ago and seeded to bent. Those have also been stripped and will be resodded to the Poanya out here at Swickley. I think some of our listeners are going to be shocked with the words resodding to Poa annual. Just how, how rare is that and what are some of the, the considerations that have to be made when, when doing that? Well, we're here in Western PA and I think that uh, everybody in this neck of the woods would agree uh, Poanya's the best putting surface for us and I think some of the the things that you have to consider is just making sure that you prepare ahead of time which uh, Randall Pickney had done so well uh, with these existing greens when we started to strip uh, you know early on in the project everything was going along so well and and it's we haven't had any hiccups so far. Fortunately things are picking up in the golf course renovation market I'm sure you're hearing a lot of a lot more activity and some of the activity that's going on will be renovating existing greens. That's what we're going to focus on here. What, what are some early considerations that have to be made when a club or a facility is thinking about a greens renovation? Well, it, it differs depending on, on the club you're at, people that you're working with. But I think that depending on the age of the club, a lot of times you will run into percentages of slope on existing greens that might exceed what you know, we would be looking to do today's time. Here at Swickley, they have very fast greens and a lot of slope in some cases, which they wanted to retain as much as they could. Um, it was important to try and modify enough to, to put in some, some additional pin placements on these greens, but at the same time, you know, keep the flavor of, of Swickley Heights and, and the greens that, that the members here and everybody around that plays the course is used to. There are a few different eras in golf course architecture in the United States. I think that like a green in the 1910s and 20s is different than the 1960s, which is when Swickley was built, which is different than how they were in the 1990s, early 2000s. Just explain kind of how greens have changed over the different periods of golf course architecture. Well, it was funny. We were talking about this earlier. We kind of consider Swickley to be sort of a middle-aged course um, versus a classic, having been built in, in 1960, 61. One of the things that you'll notice is that the average size of the greens out here are much larger than, than most classic courses. I think they're somewhere in the neighborhood of about 6,000. Um, and we have quite a few actually that exceed that. Uh, one in particular on number six is, is well over 8,000. Uh, the, the speeds, uh, percentages of slope, still a little bit more than what you would build today uh, or design to. One of the other things about Swickley Heights is that they're push-up greens, the originals, and they were built on sort of a, a slag material. Mm -hmm. 
and you noticed today as we were going around we were fortunate enough to see greens that had been uh, completely resodded, uh, greens that were just cored out, greens that had the gravel layer in, and one that was having mix brought in as well. So it was a nice um, uh, situation for you to kind of see each level as we go through it. And if you notice the uh, profile of the old greens where we had cored them out, went from a sandy loamy material down to sort of a, a clay, tough soil, and then into a slag. And, and that's where they were experiencing a lot of the trouble um, with, with the drainage over the years and knew that they had to get that addressed. So I think that, uh, you know, depending on, on where you're at and perhaps even, you know, the time that the golf course was built, there are certain different situations that you're going to come up against when you're rebuilding your greens. But at the end, you know, putting them back, um, USGA spec with the four inches gravel and, and your 12 inches of uh, mixed organic matter, that's the best that you can do. How much time does a golf course architect spend thinking about greens and how consuming does something like this become in your line of work? What are some things you do away from the golf course to, to study the greens at Swickley or anywhere else to get them ready for a renovation? Well, a lot of that falls on, on the superintendent's shoulders. In fact, with this one, you know, he's, he's charged with keeping the sod um, in good shape uh, before we go in. And, and actually, you know, strip that um, particular hole. So he has tried to prepare the golf course for us to get started, and the entire time through the process, he's continually having to keep where we haven't been yet in good shape, and also where we finished up in good shape. For me as an architect, one of the more difficult uh, issues with renovation, and particularly at a club, you know, uh, high profile like this where you're, you're working within a certain envelope. Uh, you have greenside bunkers and approaches and uh, surrounds into these existing greens which aren't necessarily going to be augmented. Where necessary, we, we will go outside and expand that limit of disturbance, but otherwise you're trying to work within that existing cavity and, and try and pick up some pin placements here or there and level some areas out um, as best you can without starting from scratch and, and having more room to work with. I know that it was really important for the members here and, and the uh, committee members that I was working with to kind of tread lightly and really be respectful of, of what they had before we started. And so I think we've, we've done that well and you know we're reaching a really good balance now as we get into this rhythm of, of construction where everybody is seemingly very happy with you know some of the minor modifications that we're making. What's the toughest thing about pulling off a successful Greens renovation? I think it's communication. Uh, Swickley Heights did a wonderful job from the get-go just communicating with their members and being as transparent as possible, uh, making sure that everybody was aware of what we were doing, trying to get that word out to everyone. Uh, when the vote came back in, it was well over 90% favorable for the project. So I think that's a really important part of it. The other part is you know, just having a, a good contractor and a, and a great superintendent um, to work with along the way. So far, I mean, it's really been uh, a pleasure uh, with the small team of people, David Malatak, uh, the uh, director here, golf director, and, and, and Randall, and. Um, the people at Aspen, you know, we're, we're working really well together, you know, we're supporting one another and, and really kind of getting through this uh, in, a, in a really good way.
What is the most fulfilling thing about doing one of these? Well, for me, I think initially it's just the fact that I'm working in my own backyard, being from western Pennsylvania and, and living not far from um, this golf course. I mean, it's, it's always a pleasure to be able to, to be here when needed at the drop of a hat. Uh, the first week we came out, you know, I was here every day. Um, just to kind of get things going and you know I think everybody shared in the excitement that we were actually moving forward and, and actually under construction so for me that's that's a thrill. The other thing is just being able to make improvements and, and sort of minor modifications that if you were to sit down and try and explain it to someone they might not be on board with you right off the bat but as time goes on and they kind of come out and see these things they appreciate them more and whether they really understood it you know, along the way or not, that's, that's pretty fulfilling. What is it like as a golf course architect thinking about pinnable areas on the green? How much thought do you give that and how important is it to, to get that right when you're going through a renovation like this? I think it's critical. In order to maintain the, the type of conditions that, that the members here are looking for, you, you need to have uh, a certain amount of pin placements out on your greens. The larger the greens, sometimes it's a little easier to put in, you know, some interest to the putting surface, allow mounds off the side to bleed in and, and transitions to sort of, you know, break things up. But with the, the green speeds that we've achieved in not even recent years, but for quite some time now, you've really got to be cognizant of, of what the percentages are in those areas that you're looking to put a pin or put an area for play. It's definitely something that uh, you stay up at night yeah. worrying about in some cases. Not so much here at Swickley Heights, but just talking in generalities, the debate of interesting greens versus practi practical greens, that has to be a huge debate amongst golf course architects and people on your side of the profession, right? Yeah, I would agree. One of the more fun things that we do uh, as designers is, you know, conceptualizing different greens, um, putting surfaces, and a lot of that is derived from just the practical standpoint of creating, you know, surface drainage and working with grain that, that you're, you're locating that green in. But certainly, as you start from tea to green, it, it all has to make sense with regard to the playability of that hole or strategy of the hole starting from T to green, you know, it, it all has to make sense. What are some technologies that you can use now that can help you with a green renovation that weren't around when you started your career as a golf course architect? Well, certainly the um, GPS that we're employing here on this job, it's allowing us to get through the processes a little bit quicker and certainly more accurately. Uh, if we have any questions, we can kind of go in and fine-tune things. We can get it closer, faster, uh, make those approvals, and, and move on to the next step. Where do you see Greens headed as golf course superintendents and members of clubs push, push it more and more on green speeds? You know, that's something that's probably going to continue. Where, where do you see greens had it, the design of them and the playability of them, and do you think that we'll be having the same conversations 20 years from now about interesting versus practical? Where, where do you see it headed with greens, Jim? Well, I don't know that there are going to be too many new 
golf courses being built yeah. um, in, in the future. I think that uh, as we stand right now, we've sort of, depending on where you're at, um, again, we, we kind of go back to the, the classic golf courses that, that want to restore their greens um, versus make any major modifications unless we're just talking about underneath the grass. I have always been a, a big proponent of playability and or making making it look a little harder than it really plays. So if you can pull that off, I think that um, whether it's the high handicapper or the scratch golfer, they're going to enjoy the round. Well, this has been an uh, outstanding day here at Swickley Heights. Thanks for showing us around. Thanks for taking some time to chat with us. And we know you're on a very aggressive timetable here, so best of luck here as we head, head into the fall. Thanks, Guy. I really enjoyed having you out here and look forward to perhaps doing a follow-up when we're all completed. You've been listening to the Superintendent Radio Network, the podcast of Golf Course Industry Magazine, a production of GIE Media. I've been your host, Guy Cipriano. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes or the SRN page of golfcourseindustry.com. Talk to us at srn at gie.net or at GCI Magazine on Twitter. Thanks for listening.